You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. Go Wild is a free social community created for and by hunters. This means that unlike mainstream social media, your trophy pictures won't be censored. They're encouraged. As you spend time on Go Wild, you will earn awesome rewards such as gift cards, free swag, and big discounts on brands like Garmin and Vortex. You will even earn $10 just for signing up. Visit DownloadGoWild.com and sign up today. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin-cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Hey everybody, thanks again for tuning in to this week's episode of the Pennsylvania Woodsman Podcast. We are closing in on Christmas time, the happiest time of year, and I am not overly thrilled about the ice and snow and sleet and junk that we got to clean up. I remember when I was a kid, that was always all fun and games because it was a snow day and, and fun stuff and stay in the house and... Now your responsibilities change, and it's just not something that I enjoy as much. I I really would have enjoyed if we would have had some snow at a couple of different times during the hunting season. I I enjoy following tracks and stuff. It would have been nice to uh, to have some tracks when I was down in New Jersey trying to chase bear. And last I uh, last week when I wrote my intro here, we were headed down to New Jersey, and I didn't have a bad hunt, but it was it was tough. I unfortunately missed a buck out of my own stupidity. I was on my phone doing work-related things with an email and had a nice buck come past me kind of quick. And if I'd have been on the ready, I would have had a much better shot than the one that I ended up taking. And I think I just rushed the shot, either that or there was some brush in my scope. So botched that opportunity. Didn't see the bear sign that I was hoping to see. I did see some uh, by day two. I had found an area with some concentrated bear sign and it wasn't that fresh but it was the best thing I had to go on so I sat there for an evening hunt. Didn't see anything so I ended up uh, closing my two-day hunt with uh, one deer sighting and no bear. So just kind of made a fire to hopefully return in the future uh, with a little bit more scouting and pre-planning ahead of time and you know we'll see what happens it was a cool experience I'm glad I went I had fun but uh, I definitely got my tail kicked definitely got, uh, learned a little bit but enjoyed myself 
and uh, did a, I did a lot of hunting here. And you know, this week's episode, we're going to be talking about the hunt we did the week before, and it's our end of deer camp reflection episode, and had some some interesting guests on. Uh, first guest, uh, I had a last minute guest to camp this year, and I was so glad he made it. I had Mr. Andrew Munts from the O2 podcast, <clears throat> the Ohio Outdoorsman. He had some stuff go on that, you know, changed his schedule, changed the places he was going to go hunting. He had a, a license purchased and he's like, Hey, what's going on? Um, what are you doing for deer season? Like, come on over. We got uh, we got room in camp. We'd love to have you. And it's kind of funny because I never met Andrew. We talked a bunch on the phone. We did some podcasts together. We text back and forth. Like, you know, we had great interactions, but we actually never met in person. And he drove around six hours to come across the state and come up to the the, the area that we hunt, where my camp is, and. You know, he, he joined a camp of, you know, 12 people that he'd never met before. But I, I think he had a really, really good time. I, I you know, tried to be as welcoming as possible and, you know, may, hopefully he felt that he, he felt right in. And I, I think he had a really good time, and I'm I'm hoping that he wants to come back again in the future. But <clears throat> Andrew, uh, at the end of day two, we, so we hunted Thursday and Friday of op- of the first week of deer season. Uh, making some some group hunts and some some pushes, and we were gonna be hunting Saturday, but it was really nasty outside Saturday. And after the the fun two days that we had on Thursday Friday, a lot of us decided that we were just gonna stay in, and we had made breakfast and catch up. And some of us were leaving to go home Friday or Saturday, and did a podcast. So Andrew, and then I had my my good buddy Clayton Good. Clayton's been on the podcast one other time. And, you know, he, he joined in the conversation. We kind of converse. And so my uh, my recorder that I have for for podcasts, I can put four microphones on it. And there's a bunch of guys in camp. And I, of course, was the, – the, I'm made fun of in, in, a, in a lightly hazing way because, you know, I have this podcast and I talk about hunting and – Oh, you're the woodsman, and you know, of course you're going to get that. And I embrace it. I don't really care. So, you know, I get that all week long. So then, when we decided to do a podcast, I put uh, I put the fourth mic out and said, "All right, anybody who wants to join on, we'd love to have you." And it was kind of funny because everybody's like, "Oh no, I can't do that." No, they were kind of like a little bit embarrassed and I was going to laugh but everybody was listening in watching us on our podcast and uh toward the end I did have a fourth guest come on and it was uh quite comical because the fourth guest was my dad and the reason that he came on towards the end of the podcast was because my dad was one of the lucky buck shooters from the day before and I think he partied a little bit too hard the night before out of his excitement. So he was a little bit slow to get out of bed, but when he uh, he kind of rolled out and stumbled out, and uh, I'm giving him a hard time right now. But now he was he was good. He he came out was was listening to us and watching us, and we were getting to the the part of the day where he harvested his buck, and he hopped on and and we picked his brain. I we you know he tells his side of the story and what happened, uh, and we just talk about hunting at camp and and it's just a general camp camaraderie 
BS session, and we reflect on the drives, what worked, what didn't, what we learned, and uh, yeah, it's it's it's. I've said it before. I'll say it again. It's probably my favorite hunt I do on an annual basis, uh, just because of that camp camaraderie aspect. I'm enjoying learning how to hunt up there. You know, newsflash, I definitely don't have it all figured out, but I have a fantastic group of guys that are just, they enjoy it, and they they see it for what it is. It's a hard hunt in large, monotonous mountain ground, and they enjoy that. So, you know, I had two drives that got a little bit uh, either goofed up or just were not very productive. And I was feeling down, you know, I'm kind of leading this entourage and I was kind of feeling down, bummed out a little bit and great spirits from the guys. And I, that's one of the reasons why it was just, it was just such a breath of fresh air when, when we did drive four and everybody was hooting, hollering, carrying on. It was like, that's why you never give up. So just, just a great experience. So I'll let you guys tune in on, on this episode and I hope you guys are ready for Christmas, get your shopping done, all that good stuff. Slow down a little bit, take some time for your family before you get out there and get crazy with any kind of late season hunting or small game or waterfowl or whatever, whatever endeavors you take on during the month of December into January. So thanks again for tuning in and let's get to this episode. Well, the mighty hunters are finishing up after our, uh, our extravagant hunt here at uh, deer camp but uh, we're being fair weather hunters today because it's raining on Saturday and we hunted hard the past two days and just decided it'd be better to just sit in here have breakfast and have a podcast and celebrated last night mm. so this is a perfect Saturday morning at deer camp so this should be a familiar voice for some of you guys if you listen to the o2 podcast but um, we've got a guy that drove six hours in mr. Andrew Munts. thanks for coming out dude thank you for having me this has been awesome it's been uh, absolutely an amazing experience and I can't can't say enough the only thing is I haven't been able to tell anybody because we have no service we're that far out so like I want to sit here and text people and be like oh, this is so much fun but you know whatever but I was I was trying my hardest to keep my Instagram story going while we were going because like you have spots up there where there's service so then like I'd stop and I'd I'd quick do something and then I get to the point I'm like I hate social media why am right, I doing right. this I'm like I just want to be out here and hunt um, so we have a couple guys in camp here um, the, the the guys that shot the buck um, I would love to have them come on and tell their stories but they indulged a little too they're, much they're resting they're <laughs> resting they, they got up this morning. And that was it. And, and they got everybody else up, too. They got everybody else up, <laughs> and now they're back to bed. Oh. Um, and we also uh, we also have a deer killer on. My, I got my buddy Clayton Good here. Um, he uh, he was hunting hard with us yesterday, blasted a doe on our last drive, and uh, it was a fun time. So thanks for hopping on. Not a problem. Thanks for having me. It's always a blast here at, at Deer Camp. So you've been listening to some of, some of this podcast a little bit and listening to other ones, too. So good to get you back on. You did one right in the beginning with me. Yeah, what was that? Like your second one? It was early. It was like right in the beginning. I was like, um, this is the Pennsylvania woodsman. It's not supposed to be all about deer hunting. It's like, uh, let's talk do- about trout fishing. Yeah, we did. <laughs> I mean, I mean, tell we went to college together. We did. Uh, you know, we both had biology degrees, environmental science minors, and that's how you and I got connected because we hunt. We're in the same area. Like where we went to school is really close to where we're at now. And uh, I mean, you you work doing you know water quality so i mean 
tell a little bit about what you do because it's it's cool the places you get to go across the state with your job. Sure. So again, as Mitchell said, I had a, a biology degree. Uh, I focused kind of on the uh, ecology, uh, environmental science track, uh, focusing on the aquatics and and stream health uh, side of things. So I'm a biologist for the state uh, fish and boat commission. Um, and uh, basically, uh, my role is involved in, uh, you know, kind of protecting aquatic resources. And we travel around the state doing, uh, you know, surveys for non-game species, threatened and endangered species, and, uh, you know, just kind of focusing on identifying critical habitat. And, uh, and then we provide comments to, uh, you know, the state and federal regulatory agencies, um, you know, just to try to protect those resources and minimize impacts mm-hmm. through development. So, um, you know, with that, we travel around all four corners of the state so right. get to see uh you know see some neat country and we really are are extremely blessed in pennsylvania i mean they're just uh oh, diverse yeah. habitats throughout all you know four corners of the state um you know we have some really good you know fishing opportunities excellent hunting opportunities and uh you know we're just we're just blessed with the opportunities here you better believe that and i uh i was i was talking about this with one of my friends like you work in fisheries, but you love hunting, and you your job lets you get out pretty much as much as your wife lets you get out. But somebody made the comment to me one time, like, my interest is hunting, um, and they made the analogy with, like, being a, a correctional officer. Like, if you want to be a, um, a correctional officer, you should be a fish warden if you like hunting, and if you like... Uh, if you like fishing you should be a game warden because the times overlap when your busy season is and you kind of get busy all times of year but usually you got some time to hunt in the fall for the uh from the law enforcement perspective i think that's definitely true you know again if you're if you're a game warden you know right now is your busiest time of the year and it's hard for them to to get time to hunt for themselves and um same with our you know fish wardens uh in the fish boat commission i mean they're they're swamped in trout season and if you like to trout fish it can be can be challenging but uh i think from our you know non-law enforcement perspective um you know different roles or different positions you know have different responsibilities Mm -hmm. but uh i know you know within the the fishing boat side of things uh most of my co-workers are are pretty avid hunters as well and we work hard in spring and summer and early fall and then usually that leads to some comp time or you know being able to uh utilize your vacation uh as you seem fit so well, we also if you're a state employee week. now you have uh you have uh six weeks of parental leave nowadays so, so. does that mean you're just going to keep having kids i don't know about that <laughs> but uh i've maximized it uh this year i think i used uh two and a half weeks just for just for hunting so no and, you can't say that it was for parental purposes yeah i, I took care of the family <laughs> but you're uh, getting out there to feed the feed the yeah. babies exactly. I, I will say though that uh this year I did more broken. I was taking a day off, you know, on a holiday weekend. So one day off, I turned into, you know, four days in the woods. But, uh, and saying that though, I did a lot of half days. Like I'd go out in the morning and hunt till mid afternoon and then get home and, and help with the family. Now, was that, was that a combination of just time available between work and family or were, were you actually like saying, I think the weather looks good this week and I'm going to go hunting? A little bit of both. Uh, I worked it into, you know, my work schedule. Um, and then also I was trying to keep an eye on weather and and all that. But, uh, yeah, just yeah, you kind of t- maximizing opportunities as, you know, opportunities arose. So. You, you kind of had a tough hunting season. I mean, you saw deer, but, I mean, it took you a while till you were getting in and on some of your spots that you were you were honing in, and then it just seemed like we ran out of time. 
Yeah, it, I mean, we're, uh, not, we're not out of time. I mean, it's deer season now. I'm kind of kind of talking about bow season, but sure. Yeah, it's uh, the the area of public land that I focus in uh, got decimated by gypsy moths and um, mm-hmm. just uh, really changed food sources around. And most of the traditional areas that I've hunted and scouted, uh, the deer just were not there at least in the early parts of the season. Um, so I bounced around a lot, checked out some new areas, um, found some some unique uh you know hunting spots i guess with maybe newer timber harvests than i've ever targeted and uh there was just some unique food sources um that the deer and and bear even were were really focused in on and had some good sits uh i saw a sow with three cubs two different times Mm -hmm. um yeah you texted me that morning you sent a picture to me you're like there's 20 yards in front of me and you're like i just shot a bear last year and i shot one with the bow a couple years ago like i I just can't convince myself to do it. I'm like, I don't blame you. I was in kill mode when I first saw her, and uh, you know, it's I I love eating bear. Um, the roasts are phenomenal. I will Heck shoot yeah. shoot everyone uh, that I have the opportunity to do so. But when I saw those like 30 pound cubs, I just you know, um, I'll let them go. I was I was hoping something would come out. The mo- I was hoping something like that would come out the months though this week because I would have loved to hear his gun crack. Uh. That was this whole week has been so, has been great, or the few days we've been up here. Uh, but when you when you told me to make sure I had a bear tag, I'm like, oh, you're not in Kansas anymore, Dorothy. We don't have that such <laughs> in Central Ohio. It's like bear. Uh, so, that was, so so you hunted Pennsylvania a number of years, yeah. and then change of circumstances this year, and you called me and be like, hey, what are you doing the first week of rifle? I had a change in my plans. I was like, and you're like, kind of feel me. I'm like dude come over we got room um so like what was when you hunted pa before how did that hunting compare to what you experienced over here both on the scale of like we hunted with a group and then also like was the terrain the same or were you hunting different terrain was very similar um and the the style was just different right so a lot of times it would be um mostly go find a stand find a place this tree to sit not by and, and just spend a few hours going for lunch come back in the afternoon trying to get those mm-hmm. you know that real traditional early morning evening hunts uh, occasionally do a little still hunting yeah. whatever those circumstances were but uh, this was this was good good you know this was something different i haven't done deer drives in a few years we used to do a couple big ones in ohio um and i always loved those it mm-hmm. was like christmas morning when that day roll around for me but um so yeah and Obviously, just coming over and, and meeting and a whole bunch of new people, and uh, everybody's been so welcoming, and mm. uh, it's been fabulous. So, yeah, like we said, the uh, the two fellows that shot the good buck. Actually, we shot we got three buck in two days. Um, the one uh, the one buck was a guy that came down from Robbie's camp, and he he shot a good buck um, first drive yesterday. That morning. had an arrow stuck in it. Yeah. Had an arrow, aluminum st- arrow, nonetheless. I know. How many times you see aluminum? I don't know if I've ever seen an aluminum arrow. Yeah, it was broke off. Um, like the, the the broadhead was in the deer, and it was broke off behind the fletching, you know, somewhere in front of the fletching. But it was, it looked like somebody shot straight down at the deer, and it was it was on the right shoulder. It looked like it just like skidded along the rib cage and the the shoulder blade, and it never entered the chest cavity. Oh. And he said that thing was hobbling when it came out. Yeah, and it was probably pretty fresh. Uh, I mean, it had been shot had within be. the last couple of weeks. It's not something that's been lodged in there for years, I don't think, right? It, from the out, no, definitely wasn't from years prior. But uh, from the outside, I mean, it didn't appear to be like gangrene or have a major infection. 
again from the outside but the you know the shoulder was emaciated there was no yeah no meat on that shoulder but uh yeah god to get that one you know yeah. out of its misery <laughs> it was so funny because we we set these dress so so day one let's we'll back up so day one uh months came over and we had uh, we had a smaller group day one back your camp though these guys have been hunting a lot of them for the whole week the whole, yeah, so the whole opening week. day was saturday right and five of the guys came up and they've been up all week and they had i think they had three dough hanging by the time we got here wednesday night yep and then uh now were they they weren't driving prior to that right they were just going out and sitting and four i thought didn't we kill five well, they shot three earlier in the week. Yeah, I mean, killed one doe. Anthony killed a doe, Bobby shot a doe, and Ryan shot a doe. All right. So it was those three hanging, and then we came up Wednesday. So the five guys were here earlier, and then a bunch of us came up, and I think, what do we have, 11 guys on? On the first day. Yeah. On the first day. So we did, uh, yeah, <clears throat> we, we came up, and we, we talked about it the, the, the night before. We were sitting here at the table. My dad was here. My grandfather was here. And, and we're all just conversing about what they saw this week. And months was funny because we were yakking up a storm. And we finished up. And months is like, that was interesting to watch. It was like, the guys kind of argued about it and going to them. Like, no, that was just normal conversation. Right, right. No, it was, it was. It was nice. You had the maps laid out. Thanks to Staples, you got extra small maps. Oh, my but gosh. The, no, uh, <laughs> The uh, it was like a war war room, right? Like you guys are literally looking at this map. Okay, if we go in this way, and we can get them out there, and you know, it was like what I envisioned a general talking to his, you know, admirals or whatever's next in line, and how how we're gonna attack this, right? And then from there, and I, I really watched this yesterday too. You know, you would dispense the, the information, and then I would Jeff would come to me and say, okay, this is where we're our group is gonna be, and then the other ones go, okay, you're gonna go down there, and it was. Uh, very well done. Very, I mean, obviously when you're driving, you have to take safety in the, mm -hmm. the first and foremost. Uh, but obviously you want to be successful too. So uh, I was I was very impressed by that. It, it's a lot. I mean, Clayton, you do it too. You you organize a group hunt for, for bear season. And it is a lot when you've got somewhere between 15, 20, 21, 22 guys. Like it's, it's kind of daunting. Yeah, and it's, you know, worth noting here, we're looking at, you know thousands of acres yeah you know where we're we're targeting you know different terrain features different you know habitat whether it's clear cuts or uh you know food sources perhaps but uh but yeah it's um well and then you guys were trying to stagger it so that you got like somebody with a dota or a buck tag no buck tag buck tag so that yeah that's, an, that's just another layer of complexity on the shore and and bring so and like the the <clears throat> so the key thing I've learned, so this is at, at, at this camp with this hunt we did, which is bear and, and deer are open this first week. Like, <clears throat> it's been a learning curve for me ever since because when I started it, we had goofed up drives. We still got stuff, and we're, we're, we're improving them all the time. And, like, I always have to have somebody, at least one guy that's, like, going to be my right-hand man. Uh, on the first drive, I had Clayton. I, I was like, this is where I want – this section of watching and he took care of that and i could take that off of my plate for those six guys because i took the drive in um like i had a driver ryan um like i was like can you set these guys up where i need them on this end and he knew where i meant and uh i think i even had one time like months this is where i want i showed you on a map i'm like this is exactly where you need to be that was on day one we kind of go down so like the, the the maps help but then you have the experience element and then we had uh the experience elements, the 
the key thing. And it, it's it hard. Is. You need a handful of people, yeah. you know, that can take on those secondary responsibilities and get people where they need to go. And, you know, that's kind of what we run oh into in, in, in bear, bear season because oh, yeah. uh, the people that – uh, know where to go have all shot bear in some cases multiple bears so yeah, you're trying to get them to drive and then they're not setting anybody up yeah and then you got to get watchers in the right spot and uh, not get people lost and keep people accounted for so it, but, it's challenging but a couple of weeks ago we had mark lesher and rob henning on the podcast we were talking about bear hunting and those two guys were part of this hunt and uh rob last year the first drive of the big group hunt on friday he shot a buck in this drive uh, Mark Lesher shot a buck earlier this year, so he didn't have a buck tag. Rob shot a buck in New York, so those guys pushed the first one. And the one thing I learned with those guys, like I always had it in my mind when I would do the drives. I Because I'm the captain, I organize this mess. I have to be in the worst section of the drive because I, I want to be pushing out and pushing pushing for everybody. But what I, what I learned from them is while – I get that. They kind of said, you need to be in a position where you can keep tabs on everybody. And what worked so well, I learned this first, the first drive. First of all, the first drive, that was the best we ever had that lined up. I mean, we had that buttoned up on every end, and the drive stayed in perfect line. We always had a section where guys would get ahead in one half and behind in the other, and it would get turned. But what I did, I was on one end, and I had uh, Mark as my captain on the other end. And then I had a pivot man in the middle. And I could communicate with those two guys and say, yep, we sound good. Or we need to adjust left and right. And we kept that button up perfect. And that was that was a huge learning thing for me was like that, that how to position guys in communication form to keep it buttoned up yeah. and keep the drive going. And you guys slowing down. At, so just to describe it, it's basically like a big bowl uh, that you push up and over. And then it transitions into a flat top. But it uh, the width... <clears throat> you know changes greatly it's kind of a turn and then it narrows into that top flat cut um you know and you guys taking the time at the top of that ridge to uh you know gather yourself and reline up um worked out really well mm. all about communication though yeah it, it it's tough it's tough because i mean the we had a goofed up drive i had a little bit of miscommunication with some of the guys that set the watch up on a drive yesterday and i was like bummed out and then we you know, did the did uh, what I think is probably one of our best drives, and we, we had a real good successful. We'll, we'll get to that. I, I want to go back to to day one. So like months, you showed up and you were uh, like it when you go to a new camp, nobody you know. I mean, this is the first time we ever got to meet in person. We've talked on the phone and done podcasts and stuff like that, but you know, you drove six hours over here, and and so, like, what was your what was your what was going through your mind when you first stepped here? Right. Well, and you and I have <laughs> talked a lot all this fall. Um, through some of the challenges I've had with mm-hmm. with archery and different things like that, uh, so you've kind of always been my my sounding voice there. If I had, had needed help with something, I'm, uh, what, what would Mitchell do? Um, but I was, I was about, I think I was almost to Penn State, and I'm like, oh man, um, it just dawned on me, like I'm gonna I'm about to walk in this camp, and I don't know any of these people. Like yeah. this is gonna be uh, real interesting. But like I said, you guys were so so great. But going out for the first time. And in the dark, right? Mm-hmm. It was dark. I, Mitch, send me someplace, put a pin on my map, and tell me where to go. Like I, that's I just want to make sure I'm not gonna get in the line of fire or mm-hmm. whatever, because I think it's real easy. A lot of times when guys have been coming to these woods and you know them like the back of your hands, just be like, oh yeah, just go down that ridge or that bench, and everybody's got different terms, and mm-hmm. you know you'll be able to see over. Well, if it's dark and you're like, am I in the right spot? Am I not in the right spot? Um, so that first morning, I mean, it was uh, I was really pumped to go but it's still there's that 
kind of you're a little bit nervous to to get going. One of the buck killers is up, Man, he and he good. is looking like shit. <laughs> he looks good. He's got a liquid IV that's going to fix him right up. And three ibuprofen. Yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh. So yeah, day one we <clears throat> we did a drive. It's an area that's really um, like historic in camp. Like the, the, where we where I took you the first day. Um, that like they, they talk about this swamp and that swamp and this ridge and this point and that and you know Mims Knob and like that's all a um, lot of history there. But I've actually never done drives out there. Yeah, first time we did drives out there. Your grandpa's eyes lit up when you guys started talking about the big swamp and Mims Knob, and I'm sitting trying trying to figure out who Logan is and what who Mim is and what you know the fact that there's swamps in the mountains like, but he was so animated and like ready to tell you how to get in there and everything. And, and the woods were so different then because like when he came up 40, 50 years ago, like some of these logging roads that we walked on, they used to drive on. Like, you could drive anywhere, and they used to have this one set that they'd park at, and they'd go hunt hunt their spots. And, yeah, we got a picture board up behind us. We're looking, and there's some old pictures. There's like a, I don't know what year that stinking panel truck is. He, he put four-wheel drive <laughs> on a panel truck. I mean, that is. That's a beaut, That's like, you might be a redneck kind of truck. I mean, and he used to drive those scouts around whenever his stories are getting stuck or almost getting stuck. But, you know, that's where they drove. They drove anywhere. They, they, they parked in, in the one section, and they went to hunt those spots. And now our access, I mean, we got to drive, what, half hour to get up there? Yeah. Um, and walk a couple miles. Yeah, we did walk a couple miles. But we kind of hunted our way back to that, sure. that first yeah. that first kill spot. But we did, uh, did the first drive, kind of pushed a bowl down. The wind was kind of iffy for it. Nothing came out. My radio died, yeah, so I was stuck. I had no idea where I was at, and I'm just kind of sitting there waiting. And you know, yeah, fail uh, so I, I, I came back and got Andrew. In the meantime, I'm like, "What the heck? There's a deer! <laughs> yeah. We just did push through this area." I came back to get Andrew because his radio died, and he stayed put, which was the right thing to do for him. But they, uh, and then uh, I'm like, "There's a there's a deer!" And I'm like, "It's right in front of Andrew. Like, what is it? We don't even know what it was." No, I saw the tail. <clears throat> yeah, Hopping so, away. so finished that one. That was nuts. But then the the next drive was the exciting one. Yeah. So we did. Uh, how many guys did we? Have, what would we have? Six, six guys that stood. Seven guys that stood. Because Foxy was on the backside of that one ridge, and then we had uh, with six guys lined, basically lined the pipeline. And uh, I took. I mean, the way I took you guys in, because Andrew, you were on the drive for that one. The way we took that in was long. Yeah. It was a long walk in. Um, I think one of the things that really helped that was that walk in because we kept away from that knob, kept away from the swamp, and surrounded it and then came from a long distance in. So we didn't bump anything until we were perfectly lined up. So you were dry. that was the first one you drove. What do you think? It was good. It was good. And, again, it's, okay, well, just follow this ridge around and whatever. And I'm sitting there kind of looking at the map and uh, looking at what's in front of me, and it doesn't match up in my mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, Maps will do so much. Well, and then, you know, where I'm at in Ohio, it's flat. So, like, the, all these lines that are on the map, I'm like, what the hell are these, you know? But, uh, no, it's just when we worked around, like we were saying, we have good communication. You and Garrett got down in that swamp, and, uh, you know, we lost you. I couldn't vision, mm-hmm. I couldn't see you anymore, but knowing, yelling, and different things, so we, we had a good idea where we are at. And I don't think, I mean, that wor- worked perfect. You got couple shots out of the deal and um it wasn't you don't want any shots jeff you don't want any no shots i don't know you look like you could use another one (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> but and I'm sure you're going to cover it more. To me, on a drive, I, I, you can always get them to kick up and 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 just take off like bats out of hell. But Bobby was just came walking right out, so that you couldn't have done that better. You just bumped him enough to get him to come out and and say I, I, hello. Well, he he was at a spot too. Where it was like right at the edge of cover. Yeah, and I. I still think some of the big buck that we've killed and bumped them or, and didn't get them, or they're always, like, trying to sneak around us. Because yeah. we had we had doe, a doe yesterday that snuck through the thick stuff. We had her completely surrounded, and she was sneaking the whole time. So it's just amazing. Like, even though they know they know we're coming, sometimes they will sling. And we did have some that, I mean, were, you know, in, in overdrive trying to find sixth gear, and they didn't have it, yeah. um, letting lead fly. And, and that's going to happen when you've got those drives. But we the only time we really yelled is if it was – just to keep in line, because we kind of stretched ourselves thin. We only had so many guys for that that second drive, but you know, we we did this drive, and, and two of us went into the swamp, and then you and another guy were on a ridge above it. You had some deer cut back through you too, didn't you? Yeah, but that was early. Early, like that was before we really got to the swamp portion. They were just bedded on the side of the hill, but but yeah, we we kind of snuck through this swamp, and we were halfway through it, and. The gun cracked and, and on the radio. Thank you, boys. Yes. Oh my gosh, that was like wahoo moment. We let let him tell the story, but I think he's still resting. He is still resting. Yeah, and I don't know where the where the other buck killer went. He he just walked but away too. The way I understand it, that was a nice deer. That was a really nice deer. I and mean, what would it come out to ten points or so? It was his was an eight pointer. Eight. I, it's probably a mid mid one twenties. Clayton, what do you think? It's a good. Think mount. He's pushing yeah, one I don't think it quite gets to one thirty, but I don't think we got so to either. put a tape on times yeah. but uh 120 is a good estimate like, it was a dandy i mean you guys 22 it out inches outside just enough and what do you say shot at about 40 50 yards yeah, it was like close yeah. i mean he blitzed it i mean we got up to it i'm like shot. i don't think we're gonna clean all the blood off of that for the picture it was everywhere yeah <laughs> you couldn't ask for a better bump out of that but that we swamp. we had another buck kind of slip back that you got a shot at but that was a tough shot for you yeah i don't i honestly don't think it was ever in the drive it was bedded on you know, that little ridge. Where How far do you think I was? Like, I was the end guy. How far do you think I was from you? Like, could you see into the I could the see to the swamp, you know, the edge, and I could never see you. So, okay. Uh, and, again, it was pretty thick on that edge. There's, you know, some pine trees. And as uh, the founder of this camp infamously says, uh, if there's pine trees, it's got to be good. <laughs> so... <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it was good for that drive. So oh Big Buck gosh. came out of the pine. So the legend lives on. M- Munch doesn't know that story. So I, I, I wanted. I would love to do an episode with my dad and my uncles and my grandfather telling some of those stories because those are the stories that you can have tears rolling down your eyes. But but my my uncle and my dad used to torment the ever living daylights out of my grandfather. And and it, I, I think it's something like he he used to like to hunt in pines and. And my uncle, I think, was the one that would go sneaking up behind them, Elmer Fudding, and he'd find, like, a pine tree that was, like, two and a half feet tall, and he'd, he'd crouch next to him and go, this got to be good. <laughs> 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 oh, my gosh. Those those are the stories that just make the tears roll down my eyes. But, uh, yes, we had uh, – we, we shot that beautiful buck. Clayton missed one. We shot, uh, shot another deer, and uh, it, like – you know, it was, it was a, a good time. We had, uh, we were, we were on cloud nine and we did, did a couple other drives later in the day. We had drives, uh, deer in every drive that day. We did, uh, did a third drive. We, uh, I saw a beautiful buck that didn't go into the drive, that third one and, uh, kind of snuck out the back. And then, uh, you guys saw a buck 
on that third drive. That was the one where we wrapped that hollow around. That's where I told you kind of take the guys down this logging road and then line that hollow up. Yep. And we had, we had, uh, you know, some, uh, yeah. Uh, Anthony saw that, that buck, uh, but, but couldn't get eyes on it in time to shoot. But the, uh, I'm trying to think who else was Travis was down there. He saw a couple does that were off in the distance. I never saw the deer that day or that, that part. Um, oh, okay. Just, just Travis and, and yeah, Anthony. and it was weird the way the sun was coming down. It made it the visibility down there off the trees and stuff was it was it was tough and and I don't know where I the sun kept flashing in and out. Yeah. So like for a minute you'd have great visibility and then it just was it was weird. You get like partial uh, cloud cover. Yeah. It was yeah, it was tough seeing. I, I was glad to hear that too that I wasn't the only one because as yeah. I was walking in, I took a beach branch to the eye pretty good, mm. and I'm like, ah, did I just like screw something up? And everybody else was like, no. So. Yeah, there's plenty of beach brush yeah, up here. The, yeah. it, it's worth talking about that drive uh, a little bit in the sense that you know some people look at driving, um, you know, with different points of view. Some people might question ethics or think it's too easy, and uh, you know, you're not giving the deer a chance so to speak oh but, they got uh, plenty of chances they but, made an uh, ass out of that, me plenty that uh you know point in side hill now yeah. we've been screwing around with trying to figure out how we can approach it and you know get a buck off it because we see buck on it every year every time we go in there and uh you know they're always in slightly different spots and we've approached it now three pretty different ways and uh, i think that was don't. the best way we yeah. came the closest there yeah. so a couple things i learned when i took the drivers in I I cut a corner. I got out to the point at the end, and instead of going down one side of the point, wrapping around the point into the hollow to drive that side hill to you guys, I got to the point and I just cut straight down over on that side. And as I was going down, That's I looked at the, I looked, a big bench, like there was a big bench about 70 yards below me. And a buck jumped up and took off running down through him like, oh, my gosh, Mitchell, you know better than that. Like, you got to not do that. But hindsight's twenty twenty. I just watched him go down over the ridge, bound over, and like I said, it was right in the beginning, pretty far away from the watch. So that that wasn't even close. So I, I, can't, I can't let that – like, I have to think about those types of things. But we had two different watches because we kind of wrapped a hard point. We had guys up – one hollow and then you guys were in the bottom of another hollow and i thought we had it really well covered i think we had it well covered it's just uh it's a big area and uh another another thing that made it tough was when i took the this watch that you were on months there was uh like we walked out there and what the wind had been doing at the truck was not what it was doing there so like we got there and it was blowing straight down the hollow towards where the deer were supposed to come from and it was like well, how do we adjust for this now? And we just went with it. And I think those deer that came up to to you guys, I think they smelled you and held up, and then they cut out the side. And another thing, like you guys were at the right spot as far as line, but you probably could have pushed another 100, 150 yards in further, and, and I didn't know any better. And it, it was the first time you were over there. Right. So that, that's that's the – that's when you talk about drives. I mean, some of these drives we've done three years now, and we're only starting to fine-tune them now. Like, yeah. so it's it's just not that easy no the other thing about the wind you know in these uh, mountain habitat types i mean it swirls like crazy i don't i checked the wind it, once yesterday i think like it, just to see when i was hanging you, what it's doing we but. try to you know utilize the wind to our advantage but uh there's uh you know just there's nothing you can do in some of these cases if you were in a very small area you know hey you're focusing on like a 20 acre 
you know, clear cut on a side hill or one particular top, you know, there I think you can plan a little bit better. But, uh, absolutely. But when you're doing big drives like we're trying to do. And hollows I, it's just, and swales and all kinds of different terrain. Like, yeah, it just. The, ter- the thermal has a pull because some of those yeah. are north-facing slopes. And yep. it's like the wind never takes effect on those north-facing mm-hmm. howls because it's cool and the thermal just pulls down. Well, and then so. depending on where you're at, like yesterday, was it? The second one, when Jeff was like 10 miles up in the air, and I mean, <laughs> catching every piece of wind, and I was up, not 10 miles, but up, up enough that that, it got gusty, but then like the next one, it wasn't, wasn't as bad, yeah. so yeah. Yeah, we did, we did a fourth drive on Thursday, and had deer cut back, and one went out to the watch, and it was going 100 miles an hour, so that was one of those where hindsight's twenty twenty. but we had a good day the first day, um, you know, I think Bobby killed his best buck up here at camp that he's ever killed, and I mean, we were we were jacked. Yeah. I mean, that was a fun night. And uh, I got then, a, I got a taste of uh, mountain drag, though. Yeah, you pulling, did. Pulling that. You uh, did. You had to take that one. up like two big hills. Yeah. The best is Jeff's, oh, yeah, we just got to take it over these two hills. And I see, oh, I'm like, all right, there's a hill, but there's like one, two. Okay. So and you were one, like, two. what the heck's yeah. a mountain to you? So, so we got, yeah, we got to the top of the hill. He's like, all right, one more to go. I'm like, wait, I thought we just went up those two because there was a little like bench mm. in there. Uh, no, no, no. There's a whole nother one. So. The uh, funny thing that's worth saying, too, is, like, we were on the top of the mountain at that point. So, I don't know, the reliefs, it's still probably 200 feet or so. Probably. But uh, it, it's nothing like, you know, the main side hills. I mean, some of those you have, you know, six, 700 feet of elevation difference. You so. said you were sore after dragging that buck. My, yeah. So. You had three guys on the deer, and it was. Eight. We had eight guys. What? Rotating three rotating. at a time. Yeah, you rotated, oh, but yeah, three guys three at a time. Three at a time. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that was that was fun. I mean, he's probably I'm going to guess he's 170 pounds field dressed. It was a pretty good deer. It's a good sized deer. It's a, it's a good yeah. deer. But then we did um, day two, and th- this is where this one kind of all started. Is when Robbie and his family come down, and we do a, a big group. And that's when we had what did we have? 22 or 23? 22 guys. 22 guys, and uh, that's where we make those bigger drives. And we did some stuff that we didn't do the past two years. We did two drives that one we never did. And then one that we did last year, we did it differently. We didn't have enough guys for it last year. We had the guys, but I tried to change the way we drove it, and that was completely wrong, and I got to hear about that. I don't think it was completely wrong. We were in the game. It just uh, – we cast our net too big with the watch. Are you talking about the third one? The third one. Yeah. So – I've been thinking about that. You might have set yourself up even better for the fourth one, though, because if they were escaping through that hole – That's what Mark said. That's what Mark said. I would not be surprised if some of the deer we chased in the last drive came out of – from the third. It could have been. But, I mean, drive one we kind of talked about a little bit yesterday, but we surrounded that bowl. We we wrapped around and and basically buttoned everything up. And we go straight up the the hill. Like, you you go straight up a side hill into a chop-off. And – when we were we were getting lined up just about ready to get into the cut, I heard something on the ridge, and I'm like, man, that, that sounds like game in there. And it was no two, three minutes later, boom, a shot on that side. And the other funny thing is, like, of course, like we're, we're all in this together when we do this drive, but every time the, the Henny crew comes down, there's always this, oh, the Hennies are coming. We're, now we're going to kill stuff. And I, I really I had some thought into where I was putting guys, but at the same time, it's kind of like you do, well, just – 
guys go here, guys here. I don't care who does it. We definitely joked and said uh, we're putting the hennies over here so, so they don't shoot anything. Well, we, we did this. Uh, uh, the, the past two years, nothing came out on that side. So I lined that whole watch up. Ryan was the guy that took them in, and the rest were hennies. And they lined that side up and didn't a stinking buck go out to Logan, and he blasted. But I was okay because Logan is a young buck with good legs, so I had a full-time driver the rest of the day. But it was like them stinking hennies. They shot another one. Yeah. So it was, it, was kind of, uh, it was kind of just funny with that. And you guys utilized all, all different. I mean, you had drivers, you had sitters, saddle hunters, you had climbers. Uh, you guys. That was it. the first time we used guys in trees for yeah, the drive, and that, I think that worked well. I doesn't didn't hurt. Um, like where you sat last year, months, and where Clayton sat, that's where we had a bunch of deer come out, yeah. and yeah. they didn't come out this year there. But I mean, you had a good vantage point in there. I could see yeah. everything. Our uh, doing that is, I think, is, uh, a key thing we need to keep doing in the future for that drive. You can see so much better. You're going to have better shot opportunities. I just we didn't have as much game in that area when we did that drive this year compared to last year. There was just more in there last year. Is that yeah. the one you got the bear off of last year? Yeah, we shot yeah. a bear and nice buck, and we had a buck miss, and yeah. and we saw other deer. So the, like the food's different. You mean last year there was a beach nut crop that yeah I don't from talking to some of these guys that might have been the best for a long you know, time for. I don't want to say forever, but uh, maybe fifty years. So. I found some beech nut holes yesterday. I that found were a open, few, but nothing. yeah, but nothing like last year. And the feeding sign, you know, in the beach areas is is not relatable to last year, really. But it's, it's there's so, still chop offs. There's still you know early successional yeah, briars and, the, and browse. I, I found something that I never noticed. It took nose before until this week. I was walking on a bench. And there was all these scratchings, and there was deer crap in it. And I was looking, I'm like, what in the world are these deer eating? And there were all these, like, white stems with nothing on the end. And so I started digging next to it, and I found it looked like a little wild clover. Yeah. And they were digging, eating this little clover. And I was like, I don't think I've ever seen that. Yeah. There's all kinds of forbs and stuff that grow out here in the mountains. And uh, I think if you talk to some more uh, forestry or botany-related folks, you'll find that's, you know, some of the vegetation types that are really hammered by, you know, deer pressure and over-browsing, and that's a component that doesn't exist in, you know, a lot of our mountain habitat, uh, depending on deer population. But uh, I think some of these areas, you know, the area we're hunting, there's been an incredible amount of, you know, timber harvest activity in the last 20 years, and, uh, you know... uh, You talk about, like, I don't know how you target that food source, or if you even do. Like, another thing, too, like... Ferns are something that we're trying to get rid of in a lot of cases. Sure. But at the same time, like deer uh, we, are we, eating bulbs. We, yeah, yeah, exactly. We talked to Johnny Stewart, and he's like, "I keep those fern patches in mind because that's a late season food source. Yeah. Even if especially, it's not a good food source, it's especially a food source. south facing slopes." Yeah, like we found that in, in late Flintlock. Yeah. But so anyway, the first drive we got that buck. We had a that doe slink through. Um, took a, I think one of the guys took a pot shot at that when it was running, and, and that was it. And that was all we had the first drive. And then the, the second drive we tried, there was a section that was fenced in, but a bunch of the, the fence went down. So we tried to line up an opening and kind of spook around in. We put some guys in tree stands in the middle of it, just thinking if anything would slink back through. And right at the end, I think a couple bounced out, and that was o- it. Only to find out that uh, there were some trees down on a portion yeah. of the fence that were – that was still up, so those were escape routes we didn't know about. But. Yeah, that's where the, that's where the deer went out, and I, yep. I think one of the standers saw them or heard them, but heard it was them just and then went down and, and down investigated and saw that 
you know, the trees were down, and that's why they went there. So. Yeah, so that one was kind of like, oh, that stinks. And then with the third one, we, we lined up a point way across and then lined a top up and tried to do that drive. And I think I just had we just had that. It was too big. It's uh, it, we've again we've been talking about that spot now for a couple of years, and it's it was just, deer sign. Oh, there there was deer in there. I don't I don't think uh, there's any question about it. But uh, again, we were in the game. It just you know it didn't play out. You know no. maybe how a lot of us were envisioning, and people have different ideas, and you're trying to adjust as the drive's going. And um, but. But you guys pushed a lot of the briars and the, the oh. called the chop or whatever. Chop off, man. I mean, that, that stuff's thick. And, like, you miserable. pushed – you and, and it looked miserable. But then there would be a patch there, and then, you know, you're pushing through all that, and then I'd look, look behind me and, like, oh, there's another patch there. I mean, they could be sitting up there for all you know. Yeah. Uh, lots of places to hide. Especially – I mean, that drive, like, if you're sitting up on, you know, the little point where I was, I mean, you just, you you're manage. surrounded by chop offs. I mean, the whole – I mean, various ages, but, uh, I mean, it's just the amount of cover and then food sources in those chop-offs is just, it's so vast. In it that is, area. and it was, it was interesting, too, because, like, when we first started out, there was a lot of deer sign, fresh sign. There was, there was droppings. There was beds. And the further into it got, further we got into the heart of it, it just petered out. And it's like, you know, and Lusher was talking about that last night. He was like, he's like, they use that edge. They, they go in a couple, you know, 50, 80 yards. They bed down. Then they come out and feed in, in open hardwoods and, at night. And he's right. I mean, they, they absolutely do that. And that, in the side hill portion of that, you know, the steeper, mm-hmm. um, is so thick. I mean, I There's could certainly hide in it, but they're, the beach brush is so thick in that. And then you got treetops laying in it. I mean, uh, again, the deer use it for cover, but there's no way they're spending a lot of time in those yeah. areas. You can't even move through it. So we did those those two drives. Really nothing came out. And I, I'm not going to lie. At that point, I was starting to, like, get worried and get discouraged because, like, I'm the captain of this. We just I just took eight guys through this cut, and they're cursing and carrying on well, and complaining. Well, and you basically did uh... – Two of those in a row with, you know, the one we before did. not working out, and that was pretty And a lot of those were the same guys. Because, yeah. again, we had a bunch of guys that already killed Buck, and, like, they were younger guys. So, I mean, we, we have different ages in our group, and it seems like the younger guys are pushing more, and, you know, yeah. the guys that shot Buck are pushing more. So we did two guys, and we, we were doing that, and then there was complaining and carrying on, and the one guy was – the one guy really had me down, and he didn't mean nothing by it. He was just – he was like, well, this sucks, and it did. I can't lie. I mean, I, I got cuts all over my, my arms. My feet. guys with bloody ears going through those jaggers. I mean, it it's rough. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, and then the, the last drive of the day um, was just fantastic, and that's been our best drive. I mean, I, I, I in my opinion, that is the best drive. But like yep. we were saying, I think part of that third one, we had that hole in the in the line. It could have easily brought it into that section. If they funneled through that and went up to this this next area of, of thick crap like mm-hmm. that you guys pushed through. I mean, because that was a small – that last part was quick. It was small. It it's was a, a small, quick drive. That's why I love it. But I it's think we, there was more deer. such a key that, terrain feature, I think, is what does it. You have a, a prominent point with – you know, transition from open hardwoods to a clear cut, and uh, a very the two wind, very distinct points. Yeah, and the wind is, you know, they have just the utmost advantage there with the wind to hang out in there. And again, it's in the same area. The escape cover on basically all sides. You know, you just have these huge, you know, chop off systems that are all connected, and uh, they have a steep side hill to run down over. And 
um, you know, yeah. there's there's plenty of escape routes for him there. And, and the way we said, so you were you months, you were the the, the third drive, you were around the, the that one point for the third drive, and then you kind of came back and you went up into that hollow. So like if if you're imagining this, I mean, you, you take a road, a straight line on this road, and then there's a there's a gate on the west end, and it kind of slinks around to the right, and we, we basically just line this logging road up couple hundred yards below and take it from the main road and we just drive it straight down it's just a a long east to west ridge and we just drive it straight down into this and and halfway between is where the the chop off starts so like the first part of the the drive the drivers are in open hardwoods they get to the edge of this cut and then they go straight down over down a steep embankment and shoot and that drive so the, the the buck that my dad killed was the the third but it was it was big it was a, a dandy buck my dad's best buck he was a little bit excited um and uh he's he's getting on he we're, he, we're gonna get his point of view i'm gonna put the fourth line on and get him all set up and he's gonna tell us the story but what, what was so interesting is where he shot that buck that was the that was probably the third or fourth buck that came out of that and they're all coming out the same spot the last three years yeah the first year we did it Shot a buck almost in the exact spot he was sitting. Last year we had click. Yeah, click, click. Uh, so who knows? That maybe, right. uh, maybe this one got an extra year to grow, and that's why it was as nice as it was. So, all right. So I, yeah, now, now we got we got Jeff flying on, so he can he can tell his story. But you were part of click last year, weren't you? Uh, click was right beside me. Click was right beside you. Um, you just decided click was, to be click nice. was right where you shot the buck this year. Click was standing where I got the buck. Yeah. So, so click the way that the way that story goes, and I, I'm gonna I'm gonna sell my buddy out on this one. But it, it, it stupid stuff happens to us all the time. We do the drive. My dad saw, and this is last year. We do this this same drive we just described. Buck comes running down over the ridge, basically the same spot. My dad saw it, couldn't get shooting. It went right past my buddy. It stood on a ridge behind him in the wide open and the gun went click and unfortunately he had some some firing pin malfunction that uh, when we finished the drive one of the guys i think bobby had a can of wd-40 <laughs> the guy took his bolt out sprayed the daylights out of his bolt said give me that bullet and i shot it and it went off and said now you're gonna well roll. it took a couple dry fires to get it oh broken gosh, loose that so. was that was painful I, mike was kicking himself so bad and uh, we busted him and of course now he has his own radio handle named click but uh i mean stupid stuff like that's just part of hunting it's just part of hunting but um you knew where you wanted to be yesterday well the third drive yesterday which uh, it to me it was like weird the way that was because i never i mean i saw you guys start the drive i could see he's all lined up down the hill and when you came around like stand um drivers never came out to me like we kind of cut across like i didn't but when i cleared the spot for that drive i cleared both sides of a log and there was a tree but i cleared it to be able to sit to watch the next drive, the last drive. Right, but that that spot you knew was a good spot. Well, I knew it was a good spot. That's where I wanted to be for the next one. I either wanted to be there or where I was at last year because that, you know, on the top of that knob was a good spot. So when but, you, when we started that drive, did how long 
from when you heard us start on the radio that we started to drive, did it take until he came down off that ridge? Um, I don't know. I wasn't really watching the clock at all. Probably, probably ten minutes. I don't know. Yeah, Maybe not quick. even. It was quick. Well, Jeff shot first. Foxy yeah. shot first, mm-hmm. and it was quite a while after that. Um, Anthony was sitting next to me, and I was watching over at him, and he was kind of sitting there I, for a while. I thought his head was nodding and he was going to sleep. <laughs> but um, when Jeff shot, the next time I looked over, Anthony was standing there with his gun in his hand. Yeah, that perked <laughs> but, him up. like I said, when, when I cleared the spot for the third drive, I cleared it with the fourth drive in mind because it was a perfect log to sit on. That I I never stood up, like I stayed just, on the log the whole time. I was right there on that log. Just all I did was change the way I was. Like I stood, I stood basically stood the whole time for the third drive, but the fourth drive I was perfect bandage sitting on my butt. And, and the spot that you were on for the last drive where you shot the buck, the uh, that chop has grown pretty much. But you had really good visibility. Oh, the side the side hill. Looking up the side hill where I was at. I I could see the whole thing all yeah. the way up to the cut where Rob was sitting, just over coming down, and Robbie was between Rob and I, because Robbie told me he actually was looking through his scope at the buck when I shot it. Mm-hmm. It's uh, the cut is neat because that side hill for whatever reason isn't getting as much regeneration, but the bottom is all grown up, so. You kind of you have oh, to be was, somewhere that you was, can see above that first layer of, you know, birch and beech trees, and uh, you know get to a vantage point. So I climbed up on a down tree and was a little bit of a mountain goat. But, yeah, uh, you were you were just over from from him, like two guys over from. Yeah, from we were above. probably only. Were you next to Anthony? Yeah, so we were probably what, two hundred yards apart, if that even. I don't think we were that because uh, Anthony was probably only seventy yards from me. Yeah, and that's about all he was from me too. So so, so that w- we started to drive. And we had one fallback guy along the road, and first right away, a nice eight-pointer jumped out of the thicket, went back, went flying past him, and, and, and Foxy took a shot at it. But but <clears throat> that was a no-go. And then we, we continued to drive, and, and you shot next. And did he, he didn't really come barreling over, did he? Well, he was running when he first came. He was, he, he. When he when he crested the hill, he was moving pretty good. But then, like, as soon as he got down over the hill, he slowed down, and then he was kind of just like picking his way through, and and you I, had no idea what he was at that point. No, I just knew it was a buck. I mean, I, I you knew it was a legal when, buck. When, when it first came over the hill, I scoped it and I I determined that it was definitely a, a good buck, mm-hmm. and that it was legal. So then, like, I wasn't doing any scoping then. Yes, yeah, it was just kill mode. It was just wait for a good spot where he's at a good. Good shot, and yeah. I like I say, I did you stop him? I didn't say anything. I did nothing. He he, I could tell he was gonna stop. Okay, and when he, he stopped, he, that was he, bad. That he was stopped. He stopped and kind of like looked up the hill. And were there other deer with him? Nope, he was all by himself. Well, actually, there was the the. I think the doe that Clayton shot actually was in the same area because I could hear it, mm-hmm. but. I never saw any other deer. He's the only deer that came down, and he—I mean—he came at the perfect spot for me. 
and you were like months. You were like two or three. You were like three guys over from him where the buck shot. But you had an interesting sit up in the corner. Yeah. Well, like uh, all of a sudden, I had this deer jump out between me and Rob. And Rob never saw it, but um, I thought he, the way it was. It was kind of weird. There's a stream when it was hardwoods in between these two cuts, and if that deer was smart, he would have just run right across from one cut over the stream under you know and mm-hmm. then to the other cut he came over got across the stream and took a 90 degree angle right at me uh and the whole time i'm watching him and i could tell you know he had antlers but i, I had plenty of time to count one two three four one two three four I, and i think that by the third time through i just was like there i cannot find that third point uh on the side to make him legal so he came I wonder run- if they'd make an exception if you tackle it and kill he, it with your right. hands. I, I could have because he comes, he was barreling at me, and it, he slowed down a little bit, and it was kind of trotting, and he, he he's looking at me, but he kept coming and kept coming, and I mean I could have touched him with the, the barrel of the gun, to be honest with you. Had he been legal, I don't think they were, you know, it was point shoot. <laughs> uh, and once he got to me, though, he put it into another, you know, gear and just hightailed it off. Yeah. Um, so that was... That was fun. That was fun. It was a fun drive. Like I said, it was like zero to hero for that one because then we, we had three shots. I, there was four or five different buck in that drive because there was one other buck that went back between the drivers and got out, and they didn't get shooting. Yeah, and it, like that was a small area. I mean, yeah. and one of the, the, the theories that came up was that Clayton's doe was, was in heat, so you had all these, these bucks congregating in there, but – Either way, it worked out well. Yeah, either that or the, we, we chased pushed them from the third draft. I will say, I don't. My experience with doe and heat is that they end up pissing on their tarsal glands, and there's some odor or sign, but her glands were not darkened up. She didn't smell. You know, she didn't smell. So I, I don't know. Who knows? It's, Who knows? Uh, anything's possible. I, it, it could have just been that that was a good spot because yeah. that has been a, like I said. It's a there's a there's two distinct features. There's the point that's in the hardwoods. Butts right up next to the chop off, which is edge cover, mm-hmm. and then when you get into the chop off, there's another then, point. Then and there's another, another point off. and a steep drop off. So you've got multiple edge features that I just think, and it, there's wind advantage there. They could probably see guys at certain spots if they walk that road. But what's great is where 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 my dad was sitting when he shot that. Like they can't see down over that no. point. So you can the, the access for that drive is fantastic. But it's also an area where I certainly could see deer betting on that second point and watching all the hunters come in and absolutely i mean there's been people parked there all week long there has yeah I mean, there was a lot more pressure this year i mean i saw cameras that i never saw before we were with the third drive when we we did wrap that bowl around and darren was on the bottom he gets to the edge of the cut in the hollow down in and goes there's a camera here and that kind of surprised me i mean it doesn't surprise me that somebody would do it we just didn't expect it but there was multiple cameras. I was. We talked to some guys that were hunting. And yeah, we have cameras over here. We've been hunting over here all year. And like, I don't remember that last year, and other years. So I mean, it's something. Something got out. But uh, no podcast. Yeah, I don't think anybody <laughs> knows where I'm hunting. If they do, I mean, you're gonna hunt your tail off just the way we did. And like I said, 20 guys, and we got three deer yesterday. I mean. That's a success to me. Yeah. I mean, some like I, I, hey, we I should also mention we won't say their name, but other podcasts posting pictures of the area we're hunting. Yeah, yeah, that did happen. Um, the uh, it's not you, months. Don't worry. <laughs> the uh, <clears throat> no, it was 
it was just a good time. I remember last year we did uh, we did some of these similar drives, and we shot a buck and a bear. And I was showing some people that we uh, we shot these deer, you know, guys from work and stuff. And one was a farmer from uh, Lancaster County, and not used to that style of hunting. And I showed him the picture. We had 20 guys shot a buck and a bear, and he's like, "Oh, that's all you got with all that?" I'm like. Do you not have any idea what it's like hunting up here? And don't get me wrong, there are, there are crews in Pennsylvania that have the same amount of guys and are like war war ninjas and and like kill 15, 16 buck multiple bear. Well, we didn't do that, but we still had a fun time. Right. You aren't going to kill that amount of deer up here. I think you'd have to cover some serious ground. <laughs> serious ground. No, I think part of it though, yes, it's deer camp, it's the goal is the idea is to take a nice buck and and no, it's been, it's been see, a while see, it's been see, a while see to me like okay that's back, one of the back, goals back right? in back in the mid to late 90s when deer hunting up here was not good at all and i started hunting my brother's land down home and it just got to a point where i wanted to come back to camp yeah it was nothing. It's not that you didn't like hunting. You just wanted no, to go to camp. I just, I, it, it, the experience to me is like you work all year long, and if you're gonna take off, like th- th- this is a vacation to me. Like I'm not, I'm not the 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 hunter that you know, a lot of you guys are. Like yeah, but you still enjoy doing it. I like going hunting. And, like, people always say, oh, yeah, you're going to camp. You're going up there to drink. Like, don't get me wrong. We Did you like drink last, any last night? No, I might have overindulged. <laughs> a little but, like, we're not coming up here just to drink and be away from our wives and stuff. Like, the, you heard stories about guys years ago that never even got their guns out of their cases, you know. No, you guys hunt hard every year. But, yeah, we, we go out every day and... Well, unless it's raining, we're fair weather hunters. Yeah, like today, where we're sitting in the camp and it's daylight, we could be hunting. But it, it's it's the whole thing is the experience to come to camp, on. and that's what I was gonna say. like. The hunting part is is great and and all that, but I, the way I look at it is I met I got twenty one new friends now, and uh, you know I this was just amazing. I last night I kept looking over at you, and I'm just like trying to take it all in, and next thing you know, I was drink this but you know it was uh well it I, was great i, I get was great. i get a little a little excited a little right, rightfully so that is the biggest buck you ever killed oh my god by far by far yeah. by far by far it's only I, the second buck i ever killed up here i know and it was so funny because i'm dragging it down the hill I'm like i hear a taxidermy bell yeah, i don't know who's more excited if it was mitchell or uh, i was Jeff. Jacked we know mitchell is excited by the quality of the gut job that he did yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that was the worst gut job i ever did he said who's got my deer I'm like i've got it for you dad and I opened it up, and I don't know what the heck happened, but when I went to pull the diaphragm and pull the stomach, his stomach exploded. I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. Like, yeah, that, So I got razzed for that, rightfully so. Um, but no, I mean, the whole philosophy with, with hunting. So, like, podcasts have, like, just taken over the strategy and solo hunting and bow hunting is so popular. And, you know, so many people shun the style of hunting we just did and rifles suck and the orange army. And I'm like... See, and I'm, 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 I'm the exact opposite because, I, like, I, I started hunting now with a, 
with a crossbow, but like I don't get excited until rifle season. Like I deer hunting to me has always been rifle season. And, and the thing is, anybody who listens to this, wherever whatever side of the spectrum you come on, that's fine. Who cares? Like your tag. It's your tag. It's how you want to do it. Like there's like the, the entitlement. And you know what? I'm gonna be the first to admit it. I used to feel that way. I used to feel that when gun season started, hunting season was over. And now I'm like, it, this is this hunt that we do is my favorite by far. I love archery season. Archery season is my favorite season. But if you had to pick a window that I enjoy out of the year, it's definitely this window. And it's because it's a combination. We hunt hard. We, we explore beautiful terrain. I love the hunting features, but I love the camaraderie, too. We had a blast. We had dinner, carrying on, catching up with guys we might see once a year. Um, and, and there's nothing wrong with that. It helps when you have a good group of guys, too. I mean, everyone hunted hard, participated. You know, we're all happy for each other, whoever gets the opportunity. You know, we're all working yeah. together, and you just have a lot of fun in the woods. And Rob said that on the podcast. I got hugs from ago. everybody. Yeah, exactly. That we, that, I, I couldn't be more excited. Bobby and Jeff, you know, have invited us up here to camp for years now. I mean, we started coming here and spending a lot of time in college. Yeah. But, uh, you know, we've been screwing around with flintlocks here, I don't know, probably 10 years now almost. Oh, yeah. And, uh, you know, trying to learn. But, man, uh, you two have put your time in, shown us around, and uh, I was just ecstatic that you both got, I mean, absolutely. I mean, I was thrilled when Bobby shot a buck, here. and when I heard Je- I got Uncle Charlie shot a buck, it was like, about freaking time he yeah. shoots a buck. <laughs> yeah, that was, oh, my gosh, that was just so much fun. I, I ran like an idiot over to him and then drug his deer down, and I didn't want to get off the thing. I drug it you, all the way back. But you ran down a really steep hill and then over, and then you ran up a the really steep hill and yep. over the logs to drag the deer back down. <laughs> you were on cloud yeah, nine. I was, I was just yeah. ecstatic. I was so happy, and we all were. I mean, it was just it, – you. it was so funny because when you got on the radio, you didn't sound that excited, and then when I got up to you, you were like <laughs> – I couldn't stop shaking. Well, you were, you were, you were sitting there for two hours. Yeah, I was, I was cold, but – that's but what it is. It, and then you get the adrenaline dump. Like, like I set the gun down and like gathered all my stuff, and I was just standing there, and it's like I was just shivering, shaking. Oh, yeah. So I think you uh, you wrote some of the some of the bumps on the on the the bases and stuff for points, but it was like I think it was a ten pointer, ten ten to twelve. Points I don't know. They like told me to put seven on the left and six on the right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I think some of them were. Oh, you're gonna hang a ring on it. It's a point. Yeah, but it doesn't matter. It's a beautiful. It doesn't block. matter. He was like twenty inches wide. He was twenty and a half inside. Twenty and a half inside. And Bobby's was twenty. Yeah, beautiful, beautiful. I mean, beautiful mountain bucks. I couldn't, I couldn't have asked for a better hunt. I really couldn't have. And it's, it's, it's what's neat about it. Like Bobby's, like when you look at Bobby, like it, it stands out. He has the long points and it's wider. Just perfectly but, symmetrical. Like when they were dragging yeah. mine down to me, like I didn't even go up to where I shot it. They, they, they said, you know what, come up. You know, we'll, we'll bring it down. And like. As they're dragging it, like you could just see those chocolate-colored horns coming down. It's like, oh man! That what was it? Uh, you radio up to Logan, and he said, "Yeah, it's a spike." It's a spike, and I was like, uh, "I don't know what it is, but I said it definitely is not a spike." Far from it. Yeah, far from it. It was. I had no idea it was that big. None. 
Oh, it was kind of funny. We started this, and we're, we're sitting around the table. It was just the three of us, and then, and then it's kind of everybody starts creeping in. We got guys sitting over here watching us, and they're like, you want to hop on? No, no. So I'm, They're I'm, just I'm, over I'm, there laughing I'm, at I'm, us. Yeah, they're laughing at us for sure. I'm, I'm glad my dad finally uh, mustered up enough. He got a little bit more rest because he desperately well, I had another it. liquid IV, and <laughs> I feel a little bit better now. What are you going to learn? What are you going um, to learn? I, I think I I think I'm not ever drinking again. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> oh, it was a face. But I mean, hey, we've been on here for a while. Um, I think the rain's slowing down. So rain's slowing the down. I think Clay- Clayton wants to sneak out. Maybe I'll try to go bump something to Clayton in months. I think you wanna you, you got a long drive. I think it's, you. It's time to go. It's time to go. Well, and. One hour from now, the World Cup's You're on. You're going to watch so the World I'm, Cup. I'm going to be sitting in a recliner. So. No, you got to be a dog. No, I, my dog and days are done. <laughs> till next year. Yeah, till, well, yeah, that's the thing. It, you know, people will bust my bust my chops about that. About that, I'm sitting every drive, and I said I I offered, I offered to 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 drive, but everybody's like, no, I'm driving. No, I'm driving. Like. A lot of times you have problems trying to find drivers, and we sometimes we have problems trying to find standards. Everybody wants to freaking walk. It's a good problem to have. That makes it easier. It's cold. Yeah. Some of it probably comes from it's cold and windy, and yeah, well, yeah, it's a lot. E- well, it's a lot easier to plan as a driver. The sec yeah. the second drive when I was up in that tree, you were on top of that knob. Is, I turned around from the I bet tree you I climbed. 30, Forty feet in that tree. Oh, I I was going to go all the way up to the to where the the branches were. To see even farther, but the, the tree was like deformed at the top, and I didn't like. I didn't, yeah. I didn't want to go up any higher. You high, were up plenty high. high. You I were was, on top of the world. I was high. Yeah, it's a good vantage point. But now uh, this has been fun, guys. Thanks for hopping on. Months. Thanks for thanks for making the trip out here. No problem. And coming out next year. Well, I was thinking about it. You know, you got your buck, and, and this random guy from Ohio came. So <laughs> maybe I'll have to come back. Be your good oh, luck you charm got, again. No, not maybe. You got to come back. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, now you know the guys. So if you yeah. want to come and take the whole week, you just come yeah. and take the whole week. Yeah, you can definitely. We'll be here. <laughs> we gotta swap out your Ohio State Buckeyes oh, okay. uh, <laughs> license plate for next year, though. Get him a Penn State. Uh, you can't have that State. garbage here. You, you do realize that they are going to do something with Penn State to you next year. <laughs> yeah, you know no, that's no, going to happen. Uh, that might that might be his new. Man, I, I pulled in here Wednesday night and see, Ohio State Buckeyes. Who's the loser? You know, invading <laughs> our camp. Yeah, we, we, I, I said I was talking to you like. How, how did the GPS take you to come over here? Oh, I went through Crappy Valley. Yeah, I didn't realize I was coming into the heart of enemy territory. It's all right. We have a USC fan in camp, too. He's taking it tough after their butt whooping last night. <laughs> oh, man. All right, well, let's wrap this up. Thanks again for hopping on, boys. Yep, appreciate okay. it. Yep.